We uh, are doing part two in a series called Walking in the Truth, which I like. We are, um, in, and we're looking at 1 John and Jude. And last week we looked at um, primarily at 1 John, and, um, and, um, but uh, um, this week we're going to be looking a little bit at that and more at the, at the book of Jude. But uh, my heart in, in this series, it's a three-part series, is that, um, is that we're coming in days where I believe that we are in the generation that's going to witness the return of Jesus Christ. And some of the things that Jesus talked about were gonna, that would come in the generation before he returns are, he said, the first thing he said is, take heed that no one deceive you. And Jesus and the apostles all talked and warned about false teachers and false prophets coming in the end times. He also talked about a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the harvest going to every single ethnic group across the earth. And as these things, as, as righteousness and wickedness, they are ripening at the same time. The sons of God and the sons of Satan will be seen on the earth in their fullest, in their, in their, in their fullness before the return of Jesus Christ. So, um... John, uh, I, I, um, just a little review from last week is that the book of 1 John, we, we did a whole outline of it last week, and I hope that was helpful to you as you're reading throughout this week. Um, if, if not, we'll have the notes for that soon, and, and the teaching will be up online. But um, this is kind of just the subjects that John talks about um, in, in that letter. And so he's, he's, he's distinguishing two groups of people, the children of God and the children of Satan. The children of God and the children of Satan, and he and these are the qualities that describe God, and that um, that, that 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 his children they start taking on this nature and they get born again. Um, light, love, and life. The children of Satan. Here's what characterizes them: lust, lies, and lawlessness. And the thing about John is he's writing this letter is he doesn't leave gray area. As he's talking about that there are very clear ways to recognize the children of God from the children of the devil. And what he was writing, to one of the reasons he was writing is that um, there were people coming in bringing confusion and false teaching in the church. And um, he was trying to clear up that confusion, remind them of who they are, remind them of who Jesus is, and, and encourage them to remain faithful. So, um, the three reasons that are kind of... It's how I'm dividing up this series of why John wrote the letter. He says, first of all, that you may not sin. He's reminding them that God is light. And he says that you are children of the light. And that when you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse you and to go on cleansing you. And this ever, this never, this, this, this ever increasing and, and, and never ceasing flow of the blood and the cleansing power of Jesus Christ is washing over the believer. And it's when we start tapping into that revelation of his mercy, but also his cleansing power that enables us to walk free from sin. It's good news. He also said in chapter two, he says, I'm writing to you regarding the false teachers and the false prophets that have come into your midst. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And then next week, I write to you that you may, you who believe in the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. 
So we're going to talk next week about how to know you have eternal life. Because um, we should know. We shouldn't wake up every morning wondering if we're on this hemisphere or on this one. Um, we should know. And there are ways to know. So... False teachers. Again, the apostles warn of false teachers and prophets who seek to divide the church. Now, um, Jesus warned about this in Matthew 24 is, is one of the signs coming is that he says the love of many. And he actually, in some translations, says the love of most will grow cold. And brother will betray brother. And there is a divide coming. Because the words that come out of Jesus' mouth, he said, I did not come to bring peace, but to bring a sword. And that sharp two-edged sword comes out of his mouth. It identifies the children of God and the children of Satan. Um, it invites us to new life. Um, so... John and Jude, they show us how to recognize false teachers. So we talked mainly about 1 John last week, but um, I want to talk about Jude for a little bit. Um, any, who, who in here has read the book of Jude? Anybody? Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. So about, about half of you. Um, it's probably the most neglected book in the New Testament. You can go ahead and turn there. Or Philemon. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I don't even remember what Philemon talks about. I need to reread that. It takes like two seconds, so I could probably do it really quickly. <laughs> Just take Vince's class on it. Um, Jude, it's, it's uh, one of the shortest le letters in the Bible. And um, so... It's not going to take us long. It's just going to take a few minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and read through it. And so by the end of the day, I can ask that question again. Who's read the book of Jude? All of our hands will go up. And come on, we've doubled. <laughs> so Jude, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. I really enjoy how this, um, how this translation reads. Jude, this letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I'm writing to all who have been called by God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. May God give you more mercy, peace, and love. Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share, but now I find that I must write to you about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such men was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. But later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay with the limits of God's authority, but gave them, that God gave them, but they left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, The Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. Kind of obscure right there. We'll touch on that in a little bit. 
But these people scoff at things they did not understand, like unthinking animals. They did, they did whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. What sorrow awaits them, for they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money, and like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are the shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They are like trees in autumn that are doubly dead, for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. They are like wild waves of the sea, churning up foam of their shameful deeds. They are like wandering stars doomed forever to blackness to the blackest darkness. Enoch, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. He said, listen, 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 listen. The Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on every... On, on the people of the world. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers and complainers, living only to satisfy their desires. They brag loudly about themselves, and they flatter others to get what they want. But you, my dear friends, must rem remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ said. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers, those whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pay attention here, because this is telling us how to confront all of the things, the negative things he's talking about. Build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. The literal would be hating even the clothing stained by the flesh. Now to all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. Father, thank you for this letter. Open our hearts to receive revelation. Light and truth would come into us and that, Lord, we would be prepared for the days that are ahead. In Jesus' name. Right. Took time to do that. I'm um, still recovering from a little bit of some cold and sinus issues, so that's why my voice sounds funny. Um, so if uh, I have to end early, then at least we've read the Word of God, and you have <laughs> something really powerful to walk away with. Um, but uh, um, not to say I don't have anything powerful to say, too. But um, that being said, this is probably going to be a... <laughs> A preach and pray and then peace out kind of day for Matthew. So please don't be offended if I don't look you in the eyes before I walk out the door or pray for you because um, I'm probably going to go take a nap after I'm finished. So <laughs> just saying. Love you guys. So Jude, intense little letter, right? Wouldn't it be kind of uh, unnerving if that's how the New Testament ended? <laughs> 
just ended with something with that sharp and that abrasive. And that's that might even be one of the reasons why it's why it's um, um, one of the um, letters that's most le least frequently read. It's small. It's strange. It talks about things that that we don't really see much in any other place in the Bible, like Michael arguing over the body of Moses. I mean, what's that about? We see um, angels in chains that had left their their dwelling place, and uh, and then this reference to um, uh, an historical book called the Book of Enoch. Um, which I would actually encourage you to read. Um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting read. It was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls, um, 1948, and, um, and it's, it's not canonized in our Bible, but, um, but um, it was something very familiar in the Jewish community of Jesus' day. Um, so, um, so it may not be canonized scripture, but I definitely think it's worth a read, um, and we'll hit more on that a little bit. Um, Jude is severe, it's sharp, and, and he's confronting some pressures that um, are coming against the church, and there's really two types of pressures that, that we as a church face. Um, one is external, and one's internal. And these external pressures involve persecution, martyrdom. And the church of Jesus Christ is being persecuted in um, over 200 countries today. And, um, but the thing about external pressure is that Satan has never been able to crush the church through outward pressures. Persecution has always made the church stronger. More salvations, more signs and wonders, more church plants. So, be of good courage when Jesus says things like, you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. <laughs> he says, because the gospel is going to go out to the end of the world as a result. Um, it's going to be good. But um, internal pressures um, are the way that Satan has managed to divide um, um, and, 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 and just end local church communities completely. And um, these internal pressures include false teaching, um, which typically results in, uh, in, in bad behavior, we'll call it <laughs> lawlessness, um, strife, jealousy, backbiting, slander within Christian communities. And um, it really hurts God's heart when he sees that happening um, to his people because it's not external pressures and outward people or unbelievers coming in and, and causing trouble. It's within a believing community who... Um, who is supposed to be characterized by love. Um, so, and that's what Jude is confronting, internal strife. So, look our magic whiteboard. I don't have as much written today as I did last week. So, Jude, and, and Jude is, is addressing some internal pressures, and here are just some overall things to keep in mind as we talk about false teaching in the church. Um, we have legalism, license, and liberty, true liberty. And it's very important that we learn to distinguish among these things um, so, that, so, that, um, so, that, so that our lifestyles are, 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 are consistent with the gospel. Legalism says this, you are not free to sin, and we're going to make sure you don't. You are not free to sin, and we're going to put these rules and regulations and boundaries around you and tell you and, and guide you on how to direct your lives so that you don't step over and fall away from grace. 
And it's interesting, even that term, fall away from grace, that we've used that to talk about someone who has been a prodigal and just gone into a life of immorality after once knowing Jesus. But when Paul uses that term, falling from grace, this is what he's addressing right here. He said, you have turned to human rules and regulations which have no profit or benefit whatsoever to resist the, the sins of the flesh. And he's writing to the Galatians very sharply saying, you have adopted this evil mentality and you have fallen from the knowledge of the grace of God which empowers us to say no to ungodliness. Amen. Not legalism. Um, so, license says, you are, you are free to sin and it's okay because you're a Christian. You don't have to stop. It shouldn't bother you. It doesn't, it doesn't affect anybody. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect God. It doesn't affect people. Um, you're free to sin. It's okay. Um, Jesus hates this teaching. Yeah. He hates it. He said to one of the churches in Revelation, he says, you hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And that's basically what this teaching was, was, was this, this, this um, taking the grace and the mercy of God is saying, awesome, cool, God's just going to clean my slate every time. I'm going to go, you know, sleep with as many people as possible, get as drunk as possible, and do as many things as possible. And, 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 and you know, it's all right. God's in the business of forgiving. It'll be okay. Um, he hates that teaching. He hates it a lot. Um, and he says to one of the churches, if you don't correct this teaching, the sword that comes out of my mouth is going to fight against those who are teaching it. He doesn't like it. Uh, true liberty, true liberty says you are free not to sin. You are free not to sin. The grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness. And that if anyone sins, we have an advocate whose name is Jesus Christ. And if we go on confessing our sins, he will go on being faithful and just to cleanse and forgive us of all unrighteousness. This is really good news. And it's this revelation of this mercy of God. When Jesus looked at the woman caught in adultery, he said, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. Drug to the feet of Jesus, right after sleeping with somebody that's not her husband, that's married to another woman, and she's probably expecting a harsh response. Actually, she's expecting to be stoned. And those eyes of love and mercy say, I don't condemn you. Go, sin no more. And it's that revelation of, no, of the free gift of no condemnation that empowers us to go and sin no more. See, legalism just says go and sin no more. It leaves out, I don't condemn you. License says, I don't condemn you. And it leaves out, go and sin no more. <laughs> it says, I forgive you. Go ahead and keep sinning. It doesn't matter. Um, liberty says, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. Amen. So, um, Jude, he's, uh, he's one of the brothers of Jesus, 
And um, he says that he's writing this letter. Um, he wanted to write about salvation. He wanted to write about all the blessings and benefits that they enjoy as sons of God. But because of some issues happening in the church, he says, I had to write about something different. Um, I had to write about people who have wormed their way into your churches and have spread these are these. And he's typically focusing on this, but, but this is just, this is a wicked, God doesn't like that. This is, um, Matt, you, read, you read Matthew 23, it's this that actually keeps people from experiencing Jesus and entering the kingdom of God. Um, so, but Jude's particularly confronting license right now. And so, um, they were, these, these people that crept in, they, it says, the scripture says they wormed their way in, they snuck in, and they started spreading false teaching and wrong views of God. And when we start having these wrong views of God, it affects our behavior eventually. So, they had this um, overly sentimental view of God. That, um, that God's grace and we're using it as an excuse for immorality. Now, I am convinced, and so they're in this license camp, and I am convinced that someone that says something like this has not truly encountered the mercy and forgiveness of Jesus. They've had no recognition of their own depravity and need for God. Because in Psalm, I think it's 132, Psalm 132, it says, with you there is forgiveness, therefore the nations fear you. And there's something that happens when we encounter the eyes of Jesus and he releases mercy and cleansing over our sin. That if we've truly let that impact our heart, then we're, we're, we're going to worship. We're going to love him. He's been forgiven much, loves much. So, um, so I think that's part of the problem that was happening um, with these people. So... Um, um, but also they had this, uh, and, and, and this, this sentimental view of God, oh, he's just going to forgive me anyway. You know, um, he, he's not going to correct anything that's going on in my life. He's not going to address any issues. And, and Jesus is primarily focused on what's right about you. <laughs> I want to say that. He, he's not looking every day to say, here's this, 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 and this that needs to change. And gosh, I really, good luck. I mean, you know, here's the rule book. Go for it. You know, see if you can get to me before I come back or else you're out of luck, buddy. Uh, um, you know, um, Jesus is constantly affirming us and we've got to get grounded in our identity, which I'm really going to hit on next week. Um, but this overly sentimental view of God that says that sin doesn't bother him or that, or that blatant, I'm talking about blatant rebellion. Um, you know, we're weak sometimes and we, 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 we give in to temptation and God doesn't like it. And it's a sin that we need to confess, but I'm talking about just an absolute rejection and, and treating the grace of God lightheartedly and saying, I can do whatever I want. I can sin however much I want and it won't affect anybody or how God thinks of me. Um, this is not the Jesus of the Bible. Um, the Jesus of the Bible came to a church and said all of these great positive things about them. It's the church in Thyatira. They were a first century community of believers. And, and, and he said, he, he said um, you, you're, I know your works and your faith and it's increasing and it's growing. But this one thing I hold against you. You allow that woman Jezebel who teaches and seduces my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols. You tolerate her. And he said, I gave her time to repent and she didn't want to. 
And he's really patient. He loved Jezebel. He wanted, she's an actual person that was in that church and, and he loved her. <laughs> Talk about naming your kid Jezebel. I mean, <laughs> um, but um, anyway, he's saying, I gave her time to repent. She didn't want to. And because you're not dealing with this, I'm going to. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw her on a bed of sickness. And I'm going to kill her children, her followers with disease. Then the churches will know that I am the one who searches the minds and the hearts. Um, he's full of love and he's full of mercy. And he's full of compassion. He's giving him rewards. If you will overcome, if you will, if even there, I think he was even still giving that church a chance. If you will deal with this quickly, you will be given the bright morning star and you will rule nations with me for eternity. And so there's that invitation. But he will deal with things in his, when he feels like the time is right. So, this, they also gave a syncretistic view of Jesus. That he was, they denied the only master and Lord Jesus Christ. They no longer said Jesus is the way, truth, and life. They said he is a way, truth, and life. There are many ways to salvation. There are many ways to God. There are many other religions. Buddha, Islam, Muhammad, they, they, they can all get you there. Just whatever works for you. And I'm on a college campus that claims to be Methodist. And it, that mentality is permeated that entire university. Um, and there, there's a remnant there that I'm very encouraged about. Um, but that is the common thought. And, um, and, and Jesus doesn't like it. And he really doesn't like it when it's preached from pulpits. Um, so, John, 1 John says this, he, does not, he who does not confess that Jesus Christ is in the flesh and is the Son of God is the Antichrist. And he who does not have the Son does not have the Father, does not have life. So, this behavior was affecting, or this belief was affecting their behavior. He talked about three groups of people, Israel in the wilderness, the fallen angels, and Sodom and Gomorrah. And, um, and he was saying about Israel, he says, God brought an entire group of people out of Egypt. But only two of them actually made it into the promised land. Because of their rebellion. Um, and their hardness of heart. And um, this, uh, this particular reference, this, this, the New Testament references... Um, this, this story of, of Israel coming out of Egypt and dying in the wilderness, it references it three times. Paul, Hebrews, Jude. To, to make this point. It's not he, him who starts well. It's not he, he who starts well um, that, um, that receives the full inheritance and the promise. It's he who finishes well. Every time. So, a lesson. Finish well. Don't be shipwrecked. People have crept in. Don't let them shipwreck your faith. It's not worth it. Um, so, the angels at Mount Hermon. Um, the book of Enoch goes more in depth on this, which I, I recommend to read of it. Um, that, um, it's, it tells us that some 200 angels um, came down from heaven, so, um, fallen angels, demons, and they slept with human beings, um, with women. And, and they, pro they um, produced these half-demon, half-human offspring called Nephilim. Um, and they, and in all types of, and, and it's interesting to read the book of Enoch that it was these, what Enoch says is these fallen angels were the ones that first taught people all types of witchcraft, sexual perversion, um, immorality, um, occult sacrifice, human sacrifice, homosexuality, bestiality, all of these things were happening in Genesis 6. It's where it started. And it, and it, every person's mind started to become bent towards violence. 
Um, and, uh, and God, it says he, he was sorry that he made humankind. Because um, he said, I'm a, I wanted a family of love. And my kids are really hurting each other. And I have to stop it. So, Sodom and Gomorrah, a lot of us are familiar with, with the, with the um, perversion that went on there, and, um, and the apathy and the lack of caring for the poor. There's, there's all types of things that were going on in those cities. But um, Jews reminding them that the, that the fire that came and burned them. And, and, and something that um, Josephus, who is a Jewish historian, he, um, in his writings, he was a first century Jewish writer, and um, in his writings it tells us that in Jesus' day, the fire uh, was still, the ground was still smoking and steaming and burning from that event. I found that pretty fascinating. So when Jesus was referencing Sodom and Gomorrah, people could literally walk about 30 minutes and see the ground steaming from when that fire and hailstone came. And so he's reminding them that, that God does not like this type of behavior and that he will judge it um, because it hurts people. Um, so, Cain, Balaam, Korah, this is the nature that, that, that um, are the, the people that were described, that, you know, the, 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 the belief affects our behavior. The behavior, over time, becomes habitual and becomes a part of our character. A, a, an action produces a habit, a habit produces, how does it go? I don't remember, but... <laughs> If you do something long enough, it becomes part of who you are. <laughs> That's kind of what it says. Um, so, Cain, murder, jealousy, anger. And, um, and I just want to say this too. When Jesus talked about murder, he talked about murdering with our words. Um, it's, it, as we slander, as we gossip, it, it, it is murder. And it has that same destructive power to a person's spirit that a physical violent act of murder does to a person's body. Um, Balaam, full of greed, violence, or deception, not violence, um, deception, avarice, excuse me, I need a Kleenex. And then Korah. Here's the one I got, want to highlight for a little bit as we close. Um, Korah was jealous of Moses' leadership. And he wanted his own show. And he didn't approve of God-given leadership. And you know, there's a lot of churches and ministries that have been springing up, even just over the past hundred years, which has been awesome. Um, but some of these have come as a result of a man in a group of people that were not accepting the God-given authority and so they said, I'm going to pack my bags and go start my own church and ministry. Because I don't like the way he's running this thing. And there's all this offense and bitterness in their heart. And, and it really um, concerns me when I see a, a group or a ministry that, is, that, that that's how it starts. Because that's the foundation of the whole ministry. It's the people that's going to draw in. And, and, um, and, and when Moses was confronting Korah, or, or rather, Korah is coming in and, and, and trying to confront Moses and Aaron. Moses is pleading with people, get away. Get away. The earth's about to come and open up and swallow all of them up. 
You don't want to be a part of that crew. And, um, and when we have offense and unforgiveness in our hearts and we go and start something, we, we, we reject the leadership that God's put in our lives and we go and try to become our own master and our own leader and start our own thing um, because we're gifted or because we're anointed or because we've been un- overlooked and unnoticed and, and, and it's time that we finally had our thing. Um, the, the, you're going to get swallowed up in the desires of the flesh. And it's going to affect all the people in your ministry with you. So deal with offense. If you've come, some people have been really hurt from churches, and I'm really sorry. Um, yeah. It's supposed to be a place where you could find love, and if you didn't, I'm really sorry. Um, uh, we've got to get free and healed of that stuff. And it's got to start by forgiving. And, um, and there needs to be a fear of the Lord on our lips on how we talk about even those that hurt us. Father, forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. So, um, these people were grumblers and fault finders. You know, and it's interesting to me. I, I find people that... and. Um, they complain about their past church. They, they come in, you know, to, to a new church setting and just like, oh, man, this is so awesome. I'm feeling the Lord. I'm feeling the Spirit. Man, the church I just got from, they don't even know the Holy Spirit. Then you should have heard what that guy preached the other day. He's just, just this and that. And gosh, they don't even know how to love people. They don't even know how to this, da 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 this and that. And they're grumbling and complaining about where they just came from. I give it about six months before they're doing that to the new church that they found. And, and it's just, if, if you come away from a church where you've been really hurt or jaded, um, and, 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 and you've come to a new place, that, that maybe that's fine. Maybe it's fine you've come to a new place, but you've still got to deal with that unforgiveness. You've still got to deal with reconciliation. Or it's just going to be a pattern that repeats. And people are shocked that they go from church to church to church and never feel like they get connected or plugged in or nobody notices them. They feel rejected everywhere they go. The common denominator... Is them. <laughs> and God doesn't want you to keep living in that rejection and that, that, um, that hurt. And I want to have compassion on you if you experience that. Um, but you can be healed and cleansed of that by forgiving that person and letting the Lord come and heal and restore your heart. Um, so, anyway. Um, boasters and flatterers. You know, First John says it this way. He who says, I know God, but hates his brother, is a liar. And he who hates his brother does not walk in the light. He walks in darkness, and he's blind. He cannot see where he's going. Um... um, We've got to learn to bless and not curse. And, and that's what these people creeping in were stirring up. They were stirring up division. They were stirring up strife and hatred towards one another. And, and John and Judah reminded them, guys, you're family. Remember when you used to love each other? <laughs> you're family. Forgive one another. Stop hurting one another. Um, so... Um, 
You know, some prophets have talked about this civil war coming in the church. Bob Jones, Rick Joyner, seen it, Neville Johnson. And, um, and, and, and the, two, the, the, the primary issues, that, as I've read from them, it, it seems to um, be about is uh, the conflict over, over love. Well, let's say, first of all, the, the person of Jesus Christ, who he is, fully God, fully man, is the only way, truth, and life. Um, secondly, the expression of love and, and what that looks like. Um, and, um, but, but third of all, um, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And um, something Neville Johnson saw is that there are going to be people that are having these visions and trances and dreams and encounters and visitations from heavenly beings and, and, and from Jesus and from saints and, and all these things. And that people, there, there will be some strife kind of stirred up in the church and that, that some people will have um, shut their minds and their hearts to it and start slandering and accusing those that are having these experiences. Yeah. Um, I think the opposite could happen too. Sometimes, you know, and because I've just seen this happen, is that people that have the experiences start criticizing the people that haven't. <laughs> and it's, stop it. I mean, really? <laughs> like, we, it's, we're brothers, we're family. Um, let's get rid of those attitudes. Um, you know, I, I, I saw too, just with Korah, the earth split and divided the jealous, slanderous, gossiping people yeah. from the people that God have appointed and chosen, and chosen humility. And there's a divide coming, and I've seen it like a split in the earth, like another earthquake, and, 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 and part of the ground is really high, and the other part's really low. The, the earth was totally shifted in this vision I saw, and part was really high, really low, and a river ran low. And the ones that were high and lofty in their thinking thinking of themselves more highly than they ought, could not access the river of God's blessing in his life. But the people who were low and forgave and blessed and not cursed and walked in love, they drank from this river. Um, anyway, so here's how we deal with it, and then we'll pray. Dealing with the corruption, he says, first of all, look at yourselves. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Stay in love with Jesus. Keep loving the people around you. First John says it this way, he who loves his brother, the love of God has been perfected in him. Kind of paraphrasing there. Um, but um, there's, there's, there's the way we, we can gauge our love for Jesus by <laughs> our love for people. And I mean, I'm just, Jesus, help me love people. I want to love like you love, and I want to serve with your heart. That's my cry, and I'm not perfect at it. And none of us are, but we're getting there. Um, build yourselves up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Encourage the heck out of each other. Keep telling one another how great you are. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray, pray, pray in English. Pray in whatever language you want. Pray in the leadership of the Holy Spirit and encourage the heck out of each other. And hope. Faith, hope, and love. Wait expectantly for the mercy of Jesus Christ. Here's how we deal with people that are getting caught and in, in, in affected by this deception. First of all, um, those that are wavering, kind of have some mental doubt, kind of like, ah, uh, you know, kind of the person of Jesus, not really sure about that now, so-and-so said this, or, you know, I've kind of had some mixed feelings about this leader or that leader because of something somebody said. And, and, and so we see a person just kind of wavering. We want to be very gentle and kind with them. 
very merciful, and just say, hey, 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 man! Um, have you thought about it this way, or, or do you realize, do you realize that what that person's saying is actually gossip and slander? I mean, you remember, remember all these great things that that leader has done in your life and how they've invested in you. Remember that friend, you know that that you're not sure about right now. Remember how they've really been there for you. And we're just being really gentle and really kind and helping them see, oh, yeah, gosh, what was I even thinking? Um, but there's some that have gone to a place of mortal danger that they've been a little more affected and it says that we need to snatch them out of the fire. And um, with some of you know the story of my brother who passed away three years ago, that this, this started happening in the church he was in. People were creeping in and sneaking in and they were denying Jesus as Messiah and as God. And some things started to affect him. He had, he had given his life to Jesus in 2006, but um, four years later, these people that crept in were starting to challenge his views of Jesus. And, he, um, and, and so I was very gentle with him as he would talk to me about these things. We'd have long conversations, open up the scriptures, seemed like everything's okay. It was good. But there came a point where he entered a place of mortal danger, where he called me on the phone one day. He was on his hospital bed and said, Matthew, I do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah anymore. And he was planning to convert to Orthodox Judaism. Um, so I had, a, I, had to have, I had a conversation with him that was gentle and that was love and that was merciful. But I had to come to a point. I say, Daniel, if you don't receive a miracle, you're going to die. And you're going to go to hell. And I'm weeping and I'm pleading with him. And after that conversation, he got on his face and turned back to the Lord and gave his life back to Jesus. Um, so, sometimes we've got to be really straightforward with people. Still gentle, still loving, but direct. And snatch them out. Those, there's a third degree of moral defilement, that those whose garments are stained by the flesh, um, who's, um, and some people have, um, have just gone so much into this error that we need to really ask the Holy Spirit how we're to associate with them. Um, because I was doing this with some people that, 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 that were in some of these ways of these characters that were described here, and I was trying to bring reconciliation, try to bring, every, bring the peace. I'm a peacemaker. <laughs> um, but my association, my really close association, I was hearing just all the negative things they were spreading about people and actually started affecting me and how I viewed these people. And, and I was trying to... Tr treat them like level one, mental doubt wavering, when I should have been treating them like someone that they have gone so far in this that it's, that they, they I, I've, I've got to be careful how I associate with them um, so that I don't fall into the same temptation. Anyway, but God is able. We keep ourselves in faith, hope, and love. He is able to keep us from stumbling. We don't have to fear being deceived. Okay, that's probably worse than actual deception, <laughs> is the fear of being deceived. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, how do we not fear being, you talk about deception, how am I not supposed to be afraid of it? How am I supposed to help people not be afraid of it? And he says, if you just tell them how to walk in the truth and, and prepare them for it, they won't be afraid when it comes. And so we don't have to go around every corner wondering if it's deception. We keep ourselves in faith, hope, and love. Keep walking in the truth. And he is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before his throne of grace with glory. Amen.